Welcome to the Leopard B2B Lounge, an expert-to-expert conversation on the complexities of business-to-business marketing. Leopard's a specialty agency of Ogilvy & Mather focused on translating B2B complexities into content and conversations that sell. I'm Steve Mudd, marketing strategist and host of the Leopard B2B Lounge. So B2B marketers who have been struggling with coming up to speed on digital marketing and everything that comes along with that are now facing the realization that it's not about digital marketing, but it's actually about marketing in a digital world. Against this backdrop, the Association of National Advertisers Business Marketing Association recently held its 2017 Masters of Business to Business Marketing Conference in Chicago. Marketers from around the world gathered to share their digital experiences in a very analog way in the streets of Chicago. Our own Don Marie Kerper was on hand, and today she's going to share some key takeaways from the conference. Hi, DM. How was that for an introduction? That was that was fantastic, Steve. So it's really about DM at the ANA BMA B2B anagram right. soup exactly. of business to business marketing. Um, so what was it like? How was it? It was great. It was fantastic. What did you talk about? We talked, you know, interestingly enough, for a conference that was really about, you know, change and cutting edge and new and experimenting, um, really my key takeaway was that it was really about um, uh, finding new and better ways to just be people talking to other people. So, what does that mean? Like, exactly. How, 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 I mean, obviously we're people. Yes. And we're talking. Yes. And so, so is, is, how do you, how do you how, do what that, does that mean? better? Right. Yeah. Well, so it was, it was a conference specifically for B2B marketers. And I think that there's still this misconception Actually, I don't know who still has this misconception, but it seems that there is this misconception that business to business marketing is somehow separated from people just talking to people. Um, and I think that a lot of the speakers that um, had insights to share, really what it boiled down to was, even if you're using a new technology, even if you're using a new medium, even if you're trying to explore social and connect with people that way, that fundamentally at the end of the day, you have to connect with your customers, um, with, with your audience, with the people you're trying to influence as a person who's trying to offer something of value to another person. And so really it was about exploring all of these new ways to just connect to people on a one-to-one level. And what uh, what digital tools did you hear about that might be new and interesting to have that conversation? Well, there was a lot of conversations about what what is the role of social. It played in um, it was in conversations. It was about how does a marketer um, how does a marketer create a persona for themselves, and why is there value in me as a marketer actually having a, having a presence and marketing myself. What is that for? So you as a person, right. as opposed to, you know, you, you as a company, Don right. Marie, Leopard, Ogilvy, right. it's just and you, then, Don Marie. Exactly. And then tailoring that into a conversation about, well, how do I, being an influencer in my community as a marketer, how does that impact my company's brand? Or if I'm thinking about my company's brand, how do I attract other individuals who somehow create a, create sort of a, a brand influence um, sort of virtuous circle so that I help people who are interested in my brand and therefore they help, you know, they help out my brand. It's really about creating these, um, these, I want to call them spheres of influence um, that are personal and brand and they interact with each other sort of seamlessly, which is really kind of interesting. I am not a huge social media user and I, uh, for the first time listening to one of these conferences about how, you know, 
how what it would bring that would be of value to me as a person that it would bring to my community and that it would bring to my coworkers that it could bring to my company um, for me to invest the time to create that sort of following online maybe the first time I was ever convinced that that might be something that I really should be doing I've always felt and I'm, I'm highly critical um, just of things in general but <laughs> specifically I'm highly critical of, of inauthentic social behavior where, where leaders you know simply retweet or you can tell that they're packaging the canned tweets from their companies to get news out I mean how do you avoid the the whole of in in authentic in inauthenticity I think that's probably right is that a word we call it I think, well, <laughs> can I phone a friend on that one <laughs> <laughs> So I think that goes back to the points that most of these um, speakers were making about being human, is that you are not, I mean, what I used the word persona a second ago, it's not actually a persona. It, it is about being your authentic self online and engaging in the places that are authentic to you and what that looks like. And so it's actually the opposite of what, of what you said. And I think even for those company, or even for those people who are listening for sort of a content marketing, social marketing perspective, um, and thinking about how do they represent their company when they're speaking like that, is that you know, the, the, the efforts that are the most successful are not when you know, like you're playing a character. Like you are, people know that the person behind you know, your company's Twitter handle is a person. Um, and they should interact with people as people. And, um, and so there was a lot, you know, it was a lot about just, you just really about, you know, it almost sort of like got back to the golden rules of good manners and what does good manners look like on social so that 90% of your job is helping out other people. And, you know, and every once in a while you may ask for help from them in return. But mostly it's about supporting the community and, and offering what you have as a service. And I hadn't really thought about, um, you know, what is it that I have, what knowledge do I have that I can offer up to people as a service? Answering people's questions. Um, and, you know, not like um, things that were uncomfortable for me because that would be inauthentic, but what are the ways that I could authentically answer someone's question or, or engage in a conversation that might add something to where other people are thinking, which is just not how I experience Twitter usually or other forms of social media, but is certainly what's possible and is definitely what these people, these speakers, and there are a couple of women who are, I mean, there was a woman who and I'm gonna blank on her name so we'll have to go back and add that in later um, who it, she she's she's an IBM fellow she's a you know and mm -hmm. and she was like a nurse and then was sort of a leader in that field and then went back to school and has always loved technology and now she's like a global spokeswoman on technology something that she loves and that she's fascinated in and she, you know she's gets she's a speaker all around the world she's a she's you know a pundit on TV and when people in their technology topics to talk about and she created that because she engaged in conversations so she's created a whole career for herself a whole life for herself doing what she loves because she just engages in conversations and shares what she knows that's amazing to me and and you know and then how can you do that that actually that's going to support the work that you do that supports the communities that you believe in the topics that you're passionate about was really fascinating to me so key takeaway number one then is be social be authentically social for, for b2b brands and the leaders of those brands it's as important as ever yes excellent uh, so it seems that a lot of brands are focused on the short term um, you know, they're, they're, everybody's just trying to wrestle with, oh my gosh, I have to deal with all of these things that have kind of hit us in this tsunami of activity and technology and it, it's, that's happened recently. I mean, what is the right timeline for planning if you're a marketer today? I, 
I think sort of combining a talk tracks of what a couple of folks talked about um, is that you sort of have to think about you sort of have to think about right now because we do live in a world of immediacy and you have to look at that and there's so I can share some things that I learned about there but then also you you can't you can't lose sight of um, big ideas and big goals that may take a really long time to achieve and I actually think it's probably more helpful for a marketer to think about both of them at the same time because if you get too mired down in the details of measuring the impact of every single little effort that you have out there you, you will drive yourself crazy without like a long-term vision to get to um, and um, and and you know the short-term things that you're, you're putting in place are about testing and trying and experimenting and seeing what happened today and did this work and did that work and that's how we interact as people on, on single individual one moment at a time interactions but that doesn't mean you don't have a long-term view for the places that you want to go so you know you if it's a building a relationship of any kind of relationship there are the moments that make up the years right and so you have to have a vision of where do you want things to go for a year so we have one speaker um, who is from a company that makes rayon which first of all I had, it's a fabric mm -hmm. no idea that rayon um, uh, was made out of paper pulp. I thought it was some kind of weird polyester because you get things that are rayon. You're like, well, it looks nice, but it's rayon. But I, <laughs> and so you know, and they, but they have. It's a company that is headquartered in India, and the case that he shared was about this product about rayon. But their company, it's it's a it really is a conglomerate. They are in they are, they make cement, they make rayon. I mean, they do so many diverse things. But they have a clear. I mean, they they have a big audacious vision. One of those big ideal goals that people here at Ogilvy would be super inspired by about how they want to change the world and how they want to show up in those things and they really think about it in terms of each of their individual products and so while they're testing and trying and doing little things on individual levels like all of their employees know you know they are part of this bigger idea that's going further and so while they may be dealing with little individual details even and, and it's not it goes outside of marketing I mean they want to include everybody um, everybody in the entire company in this big vision and so while they're focused on the little minute details of making cement today they they are all part of something that's bigger and so I think that that though that the those work really well so I don't know what the right distance is for something big maybe it's never like maybe I'm never gonna achieve it um, but uh, you know something big that's gonna inspire me that's more than just do we make our numbers today or we're we gonna make our numbers tomorrow and but and you have to look at both because what looking at numbers today and numbers tomorrow does is let you have the freedom which is another one of the topics of the freedom to try new things and to innovate on new things um, Lauren McCadney at CDW's she's one of our clients at CDW she was a great speaker and she talked about how if you aren't um, innovating today if you're standing still someone is out someone else as out there out innovating you and so you can either be scared of that well what I heard anyway was you can either be scared of that or you can take it as permission to experiment and try things because if you're not at least trying something then you're not going anywhere and then having that big long vision of the future of where that might lead you is really I mean that's cool right that's fun well it, it, it's like you're looking at a local brand here in Colorado and you look at what what Ogilvy had built for Arrow yes five years out that's I'm never gonna get there that's codifying right. yeah you're mm -hmm. never gonna get there it's, it's you're mm -hmm. never done and the whole company can wrap their heads heads around what does five years out mean yeah how always. do I think about five years right out? forever always. Um, it's always out mm -hmm. or, or you, you are, are of course our IBM being our big client you know their old brand platform of a smarter planet right the smarter planet was not about who they were today it was about an agenda that their clients and their customers could, be. Could, could start to build yeah 
And so how many, how many of the B2B brands that you ran into there or, or that you maybe heard from have that type of vision? Or is it just the leaders? Or? I don't know. I, that's a good question. It, it was, it was there were, you know, there were topics about, you know, storytelling and really um, bringing in that emotional side to people. I think, I mean, I guess probably thank goodness because, you know, we work for a company that cares about big ideas and what does your brand really stand for and that we get to do all of our programs in support of things like that. Like, let's hope not everybody has that figured out because then there's an opportunity for us to do that work. But I, I think probably the ones that are, you know, that have that human side that are inspiring both to the people who work with them and the, and the people they work with um, have some sort of big idea or lofty ambition that they're after that people can emotionally really care about. So again, it goes back to this human to human thing again. So takeaway number two is you, you have to have a long-term, broad vision yeah. that's inspiring, but you got to take care of the details to get there. Right, and test and try and do things in order to see which are the right places to go to get to that big idea. So you, you pointed to another buzzword. It's, it's sort of buzzwordy now, I think, because I keep hearing yeah. it all the time. Storytelling. Yes. In your view, what were you hearing people... I get it. I, I'm, I'm biased. Mm -hmm. I'm a storyteller at heart. Yes. We are storytellers at heart. We are an agency, really, of storytellers. Like everybody, everybody here could tell stories. Sure. In, in a powerful way. Um, everybody in the industry now is talking about storytelling and everybody has to be storytellers. So what, is it, what, is it, what were you hearing about storytelling? What are they talking about? Um, so there were two things that I am thinking of immediately that were about storytelling. So um, part, and part of it is trying to tap into what I said before, which is um, maybe it is that big, bigger goal, but it's, it, it, there, there is a story for your company about why you are the way you are, what it is that you're trying to achieve, what does that mean for people? And I think for B2B businesses, why this is particularly hard for people to wrap their heads around are, you know, like if you're in the business of selling a thing to another company so they can run their company, you know, or maybe you lend them money or something like, what is that, like it's, you know, I don't know, people maybe don't find it as immediately helpful as, you know, if you sell a medicine that cures cancer to somebody, to kids or something. I mean, who's not going to get behind that? And so m people find it harder to sort of find their place in the, the, the sort of sense of, you know, how does what I do matter to the world? And so part of what we heard about storytelling was like, find, like figure out what it is about your company that, that makes you matter. I mean, when you think about an advertising agency, like... You know, you could go down the path of the thing that we do is the most frivolous thing that could ever possibly be done, right? We make commercials and we make banner ads and we make brochures and things that people will throw away and we're more hated than car salesmen. But I think that there's something about what we do that is about helping people tell their stories and helping them connect with other people. And if it's about something like that and we're matchmakers and, and storytellers and filmmakers and creative people who inspire other people, then that's cool. I want to be part of that business. So what is that thing about your business that your story is about? And then don't talk about you. Stop talking about you. Go and talk about the people that you've helped doing that thing that you do. So, um, you know, we spend a lot of time here at Leopard talking about customer stories and case studies. And so that's a, one of the ways that I think we find most satisfying to, in order to bring out that storyteller side of us is what is it about what IBM has done that has made a difference to whoever they're helping down the road? What is it that, um, that GE is doing that makes a difference in the world, that makes a difference in the lives of people? And let's tell that story instead of talking about, well, we were founded and, and this is what we're doing and these are the typewriters we make and these are the you know ball bearings that we sell. Like, not interesting. But the interesting thing is what does that do for people? What does it do for the world?
and I think there, there's a component of it where you can talk about these abstract ideas of, oh, this is how we help the business transform. Well, here's what cloud computing is. Yes, cloud computing can help you maximize your efficiency and, and all these abstract concepts. And what I think the storytelling does also is gives you something concrete to grab onto. Right. We, we helped Craig become more efficient by using these technologies, right. Craig was able to do his job faster, right. easier. You he can know, be at home with his kids. Craig can be at home with his kids. Yeah, what can he do? A number of things. Yes. And you don't get that from from a lot of marketing. A lot of marketing is more right. abstract, and it's really, really difficult for people to wrap their heads around. Definitely in this space. And so that that uh, there were several um, folks who really talked about understand what what your brand's story is, and then tell the story of your customers. Do we have to make people cry? No. In fact, David Ogilvy would say, make them laugh. That's much more effective. So, turn bring a sense of humor to things. Jokes. Yeah, yeah. You turn your thinking into jokes. Yeah, <laughs> have a sense of humor about things. Who do you think are the funniest B2B brands? <laughs> I have no idea. I, don't That's, I have <laughs> that no will, idea. That will be a subject for a future podcast. <laughs> okay, good. The, the we'll funniest have to brands. Study up on that one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting to see because I, I think I think at least on the technology side where we're dealing with we're dealing with a lot of engineers yeah who have a very dry sense of humor if they have one at all right and they want to make sure that the capabilities come across but they don't always right well I mean we have a case study that of like we created the contact though not we leopard but we Ogilvy um, you know created that series of videos all that content for Caterpillar that was about like using big tools and trucks to like play Jenga. And do things like it's not like ha ha funny, but it is like okay, like like let's be a little you know, playful with what we're doing. I mean, ultimately we have big trucks that can do cool things, so like, let's do that instead of showing them you know like digging the same old dirt that everybody else is gonna dig. You know, like it has sort of a sense of humor to it. So takeaway number three then: storytelling is important. Make it human. Make it concrete. Make it not about you. Make it not about you. Yeah. And, and connect with people. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about experimentation and when is it time to throw out stuff that isn't working immediately <laughs> annoying <laughs> well i i don't know if people would say that reaction but i think that was that was sort of the 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 battle cry at the at the conference was you know the old way of doing things especially if now you can measure and see that it is not working have to have to stop and and you you should stop them right away so that you can use those dollars to try something new anything new and the people who are arguing well we can't just stop everything we've ever done before but if it's like not getting you anything then it, why not <laughs> like what and and why not put it into something that's pr not proven because at least it's not proven to fail yet um, and and there certainly were a lot of people um, at the conference looking for new places that they should invest things and new things that they should try because they know that what they have been doing before isn't working. Um, and and so there were lots of ideas of, of new places to play. I think it really was about, you know, so then deciding, okay, where do we play, where do we try, was um, if you understand um, engagement points that matter to your customer or you understand places that they are then there are no rules about not trying to engage with them there so um, you know classically you wouldn't think of why would I reach out to um, or why would I show up on Facebook as my brand I'm a b2b brand like why would I show up there well you know if you have a target of a million people and 900,000 of them happen to be on Facebook, 
then why wouldn't you show up there? Especially if you know of the billions, millions of people who are on Facebook, which 900,000 you want to target because you know that they're your, like why wouldn't you try that? I mean, yes, it might be out of context. You maybe never thought of that before because LinkedIn is the social media um, place to go for business. But if all of your people are somewhere else, then why not try? So understand where they are and what they're doing, not necessarily in like a, when I'm at work, I must function this way. And when I'm at home, I must function this way because as business people, we all know that's not how life works. Why, you know, let's be a little bit more intuitive about that. And actually, you don't really have to even be intuitive. Like there's plenty of data to tell you where they are and what they're doing. Try those other places. And what is it? Because I, I think about, uh, you know, prior to my exciting career in the world of advertising, you know, I worked for the large regulated utility. Yes. And there were things there that you did because they were just done forever and right. ever and ever. You know, newsletters and bill inserts. And it, it was just like the, the machine of marketing. And sometimes the effectiveness got measured, but mostly it didn't. But what, what happened was you got people there were individuals who were tied up in yeah. those tactics. And there, mm -hmm. There's people whose jobs are affected by that. Like, how do you create a culture where you're empowering those people who might be displaced by innovation? How are you encouraging them to, to stay on the train to, to keep things moving yeah, it's forward? It's really interesting. There was one speaker who was there from ADT. Is that right? The, the security payment people. Oh, the payment. ADP. Yeah. The payment people, not ADT, ADP, the payment people, so they do payroll. And they are um, doing a study because they do payroll and outsource human resources for um, like so many companies. They just know what employees want. Um, and I think, so you didn't really ask this question. I think the question, so the answer to your question first is, I, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to just stop everything and see what falls apart? Like companies can't really work that way. But, you know, I know that there are, are people's jobs attached to um, attached to things that you may be stopping doing. And so that may mean that you eliminate people. And I don't I don't know how to fix that. That's how that that's how that goes. Um, and I also understand as a marketer that um, often we are driven by the creation of a beautiful thing and not always by the creation of a beautiful thing that's effective. Like we're happy if it was beautiful and it, you know, like we're happy with that. Like, and it's done, check, yay. Um, and so like adding that additional step of like, did it work or not? You know, sort of is a bummer to start with, but that's the world that, that's the world that we live in. You know, it's awesome that it did, yeah. but I had fun making it either way. Um, and so there's a different, there's a mindset shift there. But I also, so I also think that what employees are looking for from work based upon, you know, what this, this woman is saying and some of the work that we're now getting involved in, like you have the opportunity to look at your, you know, understand your employees as an audience better too, and, and to bring them along with decisions like this so that, you know, we sort of give lip service to like retraining and redeploying of people. But like, what if you could really look at that as a target audience and what they really need from working from you and what you have to offer them and maybe Maybe there's a better thing for them to do that they don't know how to do that they didn't know how to do like I think too often we just sort of say you should stop doing that and start doing this and then we leave people there and we don't genuinely spend the time that we would spend with them to take them where we need them to go which we would do for our customers and we would do for other people but we would we don't do for our own people and so that was a really great Talk. She was, they're publishing a, a number of these pieces of their studies, but just really what do people want from their work life, from their work and life um, today? Fascinating information. Well, and I wonder about our role as agency people in encouraging experimentation, because I know 
the negative side is, is, is the frustration that we feel when we have something beautiful, mm -hmm. or we have a good idea, or a good strategy, and it's, and it's really good. Like, we know it's really good. We believe it's going to be effective. But if the client is still locked into, no, we've always done it this way. Mm -hmm. well, you know, how do you, yeah. And they only have so many dollars to spend with us. You know, nobody has an unlimited budget to spend on agencies. So they're like, no, let's do the thing that kind of sort of worked before and not yeah. experiment. And, that, and that's hard on our side, I think, to I think so. wrestle with. And there's a balance between let's put money in the things that we know kind of sort of work and let's make sure we save some, si some piece aside because we, ha we believe in continually testing and improving and changing. But the whole idea of change that you bring up and like how do you how do you sort of embrace change how do you learn to embrace change and how do you bring people along for that like we are getting so many assignments now around how do i you know i mean the number of times that people call and say i want this to be more than a campaign like i want my people to really get behind it i want them to be involved in it um and um you know like we need to make this shift and i want to make sure that 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 all of my employees understand why it's going there and people are thinking about that companies are thinking about that in a way that they wouldn't have before um and um it's interesting because the conference being called change by design you would think that would have been a big topic of conversation so i was expecting to learn a lot about this new practice that we're building and and i think we started our conversation today by me saying it wasn't it wasn't really about that but you know now that we're talking maybe it was in the sense that um really every speaker was inviting that sense of like try it just you know it you know you'll make mistakes and that's okay um try not to make big mistakes you know try try to be thoughtful try to be you know try to think about people interacting with other people and 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 sort of give yourself permission to have that space to you know maybe don't throw everything out but you know carve out some time to push it ahead because you really need to and so it was more of a like a call to change than a here's how to create change necessarily so takeaway number four would be experiment and bring your people along as much as possible to get their creativity but to also make sure that they can help fuel the success of those initiatives very well said so let's talk about where marketing sits in the world. Mm -hmm. um, who do they have to be interfacing with? Have those relationships with IT changed? Have the relationships with sales changed? Has the relationship with the C-suite changed for B2B marketers? Yes, and all in different directions, I think. So I think that in most companies, um, marketing and other lines of business, but mostly marketing, seem to be leading IT right now because um, because the places that companies are investing in IT are places that are about interacting with customers, and so marketing is owning those things. Um, I think um, I think the relationship with sales is still extremely complicated in many organizations and so couldn't be characterized as getting better or getting worse because it sort of would have to depend on the organization. And I think overall, probably marketing sort of um, prestige in the organizations that they're in overall is somewhat diminished than maybe really? it has been in the past. And so I, so, and that's certainly what they, one of the pieces of information um, that came out of last year's conference um, was they did some research about um, what do marketers need to do to frankly have more credibility in their organizations and it was a lot of these things which is so they did a good job answering their survey of last year with um, some of the speakers that they had uh, this year and so i think a lot of um, maybe this call to action call to change call to stand up and and maybe uh, create yourself as a thought leader in the world and in your organization is because um, is because if 
if what's going to drive your company forward, what's going to inspire your people, what's going to inspire your customers is that story, that big thing that's going to move people forward is understanding what you provide to customers and talking to them in that way, then marketing could and should absolutely be at the heart of driving a company forward. Um, if they're responsible for connecting to revenue and delivering the things that customers want and those things. And so, um, so that was a lot of, um, you know, if I boil everything down, uh, people saying, no, you need to think differently and you need to step up to the plate marketers who are here because you have a bigger job to do and it's a great job. You have to know your numbers and you have to know your narrative. Right. And be able to bring it all together. And if you could together. do those two things, then you for sure can be leading your companies forward. That's awesome. So takeaway number five would be marketing is, is as important than ever in, in helping to set the vision for the company, but it's got to be backed by real live results. data and results from everything else that's out there. <laughs> Cha-ching. It's all, it's all about the Benjamins. Uh, at the end of the day, while you have a big lofty goal, you, ha you can only achieve your big lofty goal if you stay in business. So, so I, I understand also that um, at the event, there was a big awards ceremony. There was. And there was something that was a little bit important to our, our little agency out here. It, yeah, there was. So, um, so Sherry Leppard, who's our founder and namesake, um, was the first woman um, ever to be inducted into the um, to the ANA Business Marketer. Is it B2B Marketing? Business Marketer Hall the, of the Fame. The B2B Hall of Fame. The B2B Hall of Fame, it's yeah. In, it's in Canton, Ohio, right? Right, right next to the football? <laughs> right, so. no, uh, yeah, maybe, I maybe, don't know. Yeah. Cleveland, rock and roll, Cl Ch something. Chicago, maybe, maybe Chicago. Maybe in Chicago, I don't yeah. know, yeah. So um, it's uh, it's something that the that the ANA established last year, um, and they had their first inductee last year, and then there were five people inducted this year, and Sherry was one of them, so that was fantastic. That's awesome, and, and Sherry started Lever like 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, basically on a shoestring, built it up to be the, this amazing agency that eventually became part of Ogilvy. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's impressive. It was pretty cool. It was great um, to be with her that night. And what did, uh, did she speak? She, they did sort of a Q&A on, okay. um, uh, you know, questions like, what did you expect? You know, is this what you expected? Like, what are the biggest changes that you've seen um, in the industry? And, you know, why did you get into it and why are you still in it? Um, and, uh, you know. Sherry loves the technology, so and is telling stories. So that's why she's there. She wants to tell stories about the things that she thinks are cool, which happens to be things like cloud computing. <laughs> so that's great. She will never retire. Never. Well, as long as there's something something new to talk about, I can see it happening. That's awesome. Well, I think that's all we have time for today, Dom Marie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Steve. Uh, a pleasure as always. Leopard is a specialty agency of Ogilvy and Major, focused on translating the complexities of the B2B world into content and conversations that sell. Check back with us next time and we'll discuss whether or not the re-release of Close Encounters of the Third Kind signals a softening of government policy regarding our contact with the Sphere Being Alliance. Until then, the lounge is closed.